0: We started last week um, the resurrection of the dead. Uh, make, Terry, you want to make sure we have that timer up there so I don't forget. I'd hate to preach for an hour and you know. It's like the preacher who always you know he put a cough drop in his mouth and when it was done he knew he was done. Well, <laughs> he put a nickel in one day and he just never finished. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yes. Okay. So the resurrection. The resurrection is one of the the key points, key points and mentions of scripture. And Paul writes to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 15. And the the Corinthian church is, you know, they're one, as we mentioned, going through a lot of struggles. They live in a pagan society. You know, again, these are new believers coming to know Christ. And uh, there was no history to the church this is the beginning. And so when Paul writes to the church at Corinth, he's establishing for them the understanding of the resurrection. So we have basically five things in this chapter we're going to look at. Three of them we already have. The resurrection of Christ, the hope, one hope in the resurrection, the order of the resurrection, and those things we discussed last week. And when we get to it, we're doing the resurrection of the body and where, O oh, death, is your victory. The resurrection is conquering death so do we have the resurrection of Christ and if, as we remember Paul is saying for what I have received I passed on to you so Paul is letting his readers know I received this from Christ himself the resurrected Jesus Christ I met on the road to Damascus and he showed me this Okay? These are the things that Jesus himself has spoken to me. So he starts off by saying, and, and he'll go on, that if, if Jesus isn't risen from the dead, I'm a liar and I didn't see him. <laughs> but he's telling people, I did see him, and he is alive. And he, did, he is resurrected according to scriptures. We find that he was buried, you know, and that is proof of the resurrection because we know that they don't bury somebody who's not dead. <laughs> And so, and we find that he was on the third day he rose from the dead according to the scriptures. So these are things that we spoke of last week, and in verse five of chapter fifteen, and he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, and after that he appeared to more than five hundred of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living. He appeared to James and all the apostles, and last of all he appeared to me. So Paul establishes there is the resurrection. Jesus has risen from the dead. Then he moves to our hope of the resurrection. And basically he's saying, um, verse 12, If it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection? So this was the challenge. People in the group of believers in, in Corinth we're basically trying to deny that there is a resurrection. The Gnostics and the um, Sadducees and that influence didn't believe in an afterlife. So they were, they were part, they were in that group, they believed in Jesus, but they didn't believe in him being resurrected because there was no afterlife. And Paul says, um, if Christ is not risen, our preaching is in vain. It's useless. Our faith is useless. All the witnesses, those 500, and all those other people, and some of them are still alive. They're lying. No one is redeemed from sin. If Christ isn't risen from the dead, you can't be forgiven from sin. And then, of course, um, those who have died believing in Christ, their day they just perished. And of course, the last one is Christians are the most wretched uh, people. Or Despicable, contemptible because they're just spreading lies. So, Paul is saying that's not true. Um, we move on from uh, verse 10, verse 20. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who fall asleep. Now, fall asleep, that which is to be awakened from, also first fruits. You know, we're entering into the harvest season. Um, First fruits was the idea if you have a wheat field and you go out and harvest your wheat, the first thing you do, the first part of the harvest, you take that to God as an offering. First fruits. And the first fruits are in anticipation of what is going to come. And in our life, whenever we give thanks and praise to God, it is the first fruits of what we believe God is going to do in our life. So all these things uh, continue to work in and through our lives. And what else? Verse 29, if the dead be not raised at all, why are people baptized? (laughs) So we go on. Then we have verse 33, do not be misled, bad company corrupts good character. (laughs) I like that one. Um, So he's basically telling the people in, in Corinth, if you're hanging around the people who worship at the temples and you know go to the um, idols and pray to them and you know you're listening to the things that are lies he says bad company corrupts good people choose your choose your friends wisely and then we move to we had the order of the resurrection and then we move to the resurrection of the body that's where we're at today That was a brief, it took me a half hour to do that last year, last week, so. The resurrection of the body. So Paul is addressing questions that have been sent to him uh, by the people in Corinth. Verse 35. Some will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come? Now, this is either the taunts of the Gnostics, (laughs) you believe in a resurrection you are foolish people you know that's the taunts of the Gnostics or there is a genuine interest in the resurrection so Paul gives examples he says first of all let's look at nature, nature verse 36 how foolish what you sow does not come to life unless it dies so you're living in an agricultural society they all know about plants They all know about seeds. You don't plant a plant and reap a plant. (laughs) You plant a seed and reap the plant. You know, you plant a seed of wheat and you reap a stalk, a grain, and a head of grain. You plant a kernel of corn, you get a stalk and an ear or two of corn on the same stalk. So it's the idea that that kernel goes into the ground and it dies. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be. So when you die, you're not planting the body that's going to come when the resurrection. Um, but you plant a seed, perhaps of wheat or of something else. But God gives it a body as he has determined, and to each kind of seed he gives his own body. So just as just as the, the um, body, just as a seed is planted and comes up it doesn't look like the same, the same, you put, you put a kernel of corn in the ground, and what grows doesn't look like a kernel of corn, <laughs> but it 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 uh, grows what the seed represents, and so in our life, there is a bodily resurrection, and the resurrection is not like this body, you know, how many have said, I don't want to go back this age, when I'm resurrected, I don't want to be, I want to have hair, okay, you know, <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, hair. Yes, yeah, have hair and uh, and uh, and not carry so much weight. You know, uh, it's just one of those things. That's, you know, you know, it's not my fault that I'm overweight. It's God's fault. You see, God created balance in the universe, and skinny people don't carry their weight. Okay, skinny people just don't carry their weight, and so I got stuck with it. You know that's a joke okay don't you know so so anyhow moving on the description of the resurrection many times we forget verse 39 not all flesh is the same you know it's interesting how that people think well Animals die, they go to the ground. We're no better than the dog or the cat or a deer or whatever that's consumed. We're no better than any of them, but, it's tr- but it's, it's, that's not true. People have one kind of flesh, animals have another, birds another, and fish another. There are also heavenly bodies. So we're looking at the idea that living things, all living things have a different kind of body. But we are the one, mankind, humankind, is the only one which God didn't um, uh, what is it, demand or he, he created, but he breathed into us the breath of life. And that breath of life is that we are a living soul. None of the other parts of creation have that type of breath of life. And whenever it talks about the breath of life, it's almost always emphasizing the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. And so it is the Spirit within us that gives us life and gives to us eternal life. And he goes on to say that there are heavenly bodies, there are earthly bodies, but the splendor of heavenly bodies is one kind, the splendor of the earthly bodies is another. So the, the, the splendor of the stars is different than the splendor of the earth that we live on. And the sun has one kind of splendor, the moon another. So the heavenly bodies thems- themselves differ. God says that. And so the, it just as the heavenly bodies differ, so do physical bodies on earth, animals, humans, so on. Verse 36, how foolish. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. You see, there has to be a transition from this life to the next. And to get out of this life alive, pretty slim. You know. Unless Jesus returns, you know, you're not going to make it. <laughs> you know, just one of those things. It's just going to happen. Did I tell you about the, the, the guy who was in, in, in Israel and he and his wife and mother-in-law were traveling? <laughs> well, they were traveling in Israel and his, his mother-in-law died and the funeral director says, well, you know, you can, we can have her buried here, and she can, you know, um, it'll be fine, be about four or $5,000, but to ship her body home, it's going to be twenty-five, 000, thirty thousand dollars $30,000, and, you know, but you have to decide. And he says, well, about 2,000 years ago, somebody rose from the dead over here, and I don't want to take the chance. I'm sending her home. <laughs> <laughs> Mother-in-laws, please, that's just a joke, okay. My goodness, I have two of them already. Well, we'll go on. <laughs> yes, please do, Pastor, go on. <laughs> so God, God will present each one their new bodies perfectly suited for the necessity of what they are to accomplish, the necessary function that we are to have. Verse 42, so will it be in the resurrection of the dead. There is an earthly life and there is a resurrected life. The body that is sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. There's a difference between what we are and what we will be. And what we're doing is, this is part of... uh, our understanding of the doctrines and of the church, and understanding about the resurrection and the implications of what it means to believe in Jesus Christ that He has risen from the dead. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is raised in splendor. The splendor of I'm sing about that. <laughs> it is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. So Paul is. Confronting and telling us about the planets and the stars have one kind of, uh, of Splendor and the earth another that there is the life that is in the uh, Person and there's life that is in the animal and there's life in the fish and things like that, but there's a difference between them so Paul uncovers the resurrection as a reminder that that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead And this is where we understand the difference to take place. Because if Jesus is not risen from the dead, then none of this is of any value. So it is written, verse 45, the first man, Adam, became a living being, the last Adam, a life-giving spirit. See, it's important that we understand that the, 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 the spiritual life that we have. Now, in our understanding of body, soul, and spirit, we know it's pretty easy to determine what's body, but sometimes it's a little confusing about confusing about soul and spirit. And for us to understand, our soul is interested or more in, a, in intellectual uh, into, you know, feelings and connected to our personal being here. Spirit is more God-centered and God-focused. So... Whenever we're looking at um, that God is going to raise us from the dead, it's a spiritual reality that touches our life. The same spirit to raise Christ from the dead dwell in you, he will quicken your mortal bodies. So it is a spiritual understanding that has an effect upon our soul and our body. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Meaning that the soul that has trespassed against god you know all these years you know, I, you know forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us did you ever wonder what it meant trespass you know sometimes it's so obvious that we just don't pay attention if you draw a line you 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 draw you drive down the road and you see these signs no trespassing what does that mean you can't step on their property you're trespassing well, to trespass against God is to break his commandments. So when you step over the line and break his commandments, you are trespassing. Ta-da! You already knew that. So anyhow, <laughs> the, the understanding then is that forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Forgive those who step over the line into your property. We're talking about the resurrection, not about trespasses. All right. So if we understand this, then we find how that our spirit then helps us to forgive. Forgive those who trespass against us, but also forgive ourselves for trespassing against others and ask for their forgiveness. God is the one who did no wrong, but took upon himself the sins, our sins of trespassing or stepping on his laws. Verse 47, the first man was of the dust of the earth, the second man is of heaven. In Adam, we have the physical, in Christ, we have the spiritual of heaven. As the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth, and as the heavenly man, so are also those who are of heaven. So we, we bear the image of Adam, but we also have the image of the, of the second Adam, Jesus Christ. And just as we have borne the image of the earthly, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly. See, Jesus has risen from the dead. We will bear that image of resurrection. So the earthly body, the natural, physical, frail, sensual, dying, can only produce after its own kind. The heavenly body, it's pure, spiritual, immortal, where Jesus Christ interconnects when Jesus Christ forgives us of our sins, that we become part of the body of Christ, we are the bride of Christ, we are interconnected with, with Christ, his nature and that new nature in us come together. The nature of Christ, the new nature in, in us is, comes together, and therefore in Christ we are made alive. Old things pass away, behold, all things become new, in that the spiritual life now is greater than the soul, which is concerned about the temporal things, more concerned about me, and our spiritual life is more concerned about God. And God-focused. You know, and it talks about being dead to the old way of life. It means that, you know, we are crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives within me. So I'm crucified with Christ. The soul that is so concerned with earthly things, I am dying out to that and I am alive to the spiritual. I'm alive to the relationship that I have with Jesus Christ and the eternal value that God places on my spirit because he says, <laughs> he says that I belong to him and his spirit dwells with my spirit. My spirit dwells with his spirit, and we are together in this. I will never leave you nor forsake you. You see, all things are possible to those who believe. That's not a soul thing, that's a spirit thing. And we all have that spiritual reality. You know, there's a lot of, oh, um, philosophies in our society, and they try to take the soul things and make them spiritual. They take the things of, of the flesh. They take they take the things of being able to somehow connect to the to the physical realm, the um, chakras, the power centers, the earth's magnetic whatever, and they and they use the physical things, the soul, and the physical things to connect to the physical things, and there there might be and there can be. They took an x-rays of all this stuff saying look you can see this but you know what? That's a soul thing to the earth. It's not a spiritual thing. What we have in our life with Christ is spiritual. It is the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is what he births in us whenever we give our life to him. So our soul can be self-centered but our spirit is always pointed towards God. The spirit of truth. The spirit of life. And Paul tells them that, don't, don't, let, any, don't let anybody fool you here. Don't, don't get caught up in the Gnostics and, you know, <laughs> how can a body be risen from the dead? <laughs> well, who, who are you? And uh, Paul basically tells them, who are you to challenge what God can and cannot do? So when Adam fell, he fell into a life which became focused on intelligence and passions and and distinguished from a life of the spirit. So we have Adam, he went from walking in the garden with God to laboring in the field to make a living. God came to us to help us as we are making a living to walk with God in life. So God has come to walk with us, to be our friend, to be our our sustainer, our our comforter, our strength, or our helper, our healer. God is the one who's come to do these things because he has come in spirit and in the truth of his word. So what happens is the intellect of our soul becomes aware of the, has this understanding of Jesus and the understanding of the word given to us, the word made flesh, Christ died for our sins, so we have all this understanding that transfers to a higher level, to a spiritual level, that helps us know, because he lives, I shall live also. You know, nothing is impossible, so there's a spiritual reality to our life, and it, it all hinges on Jesus living, coming to life after he was dead on the cross. Body, soul, and spirit. <laughs> 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. I don't think I gave this to you, Terry. Uh, As it is written, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So may it all, spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless. Kept blameless. How? By the spirit you can't, we can't do this on our own. We can't be spirit. You can't save yourself. God saves us from our sins. And then in our prayers and in our desire to serve God, we are asking him to give us the strength because the spirit is greater than the soul. The spirit is greater than the body because, you know, it is the spirit that gives life. Jesus said, don't be afraid of those people who destroy the body. Don't worry about those who would destroy the body. Take care of your spirit. Take care of that which is life. And everything else will be taken care of. This says, uh, it goes on to say, that verse that we just read, that there are composed of three parts. The body, the soul, and the spirit. The word and, in this phrase, is not a conjunction. In the English language, and is a conjunction. But in the Greek, The word and and is that each part is different from the other. (laughs) Body and soul and spirit, they're not just connecting all three as one. They are making a a distinction that each one is distinct from the other. So Paul is saying that through, fair, through the first Adam, we receive our natural bodies. But through the second Adam, Jesus Christ, we receive our spiritual. Then we move to 1 Corinthians 15, 46 to 49. And I'm reading from the Phillips translation because it was a little choppy in the King James. So, so the last Adam, Jesus, is a life-giving spirit but we should notice that the order is natural first, then spiritual. The first man came out of the earth, a material creature. The second man came from heaven and was the Lord himself. For the life of this world, for the life of this world, men are made like the material man. But for the life that is come, they are made like the one from heaven. So that just as we have been made like the material pattern, so we shall be made like the heavenly pattern. Just as we bear the image of the earthly, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly. Just, because, just as we have looked like we are human, just so we will bear the image of Christ, which is the resurrected body. So we, we, we move on. The, the last part is we've spoken about the resurrection of Christ our hope in the resurrection, the order of the resurrection, the resurrected body, and finally, I knew you were all waiting for this one. Finally, where, O oh death, is your victory? Paul starts, says in verse 50, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. What we have in our Adam, Adamic nature, human, cannot inherit heaven. Can't make it. Can't live there. Nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. We don't inherit it. It is a gift from God. Listen, I tell you, verse 51, I tell you a mystery. What's going to happen? We're not all going to sleep, meaning we're not all going to die, perish in the grave, but we will all be changed. So there will come a time in which Every person will be changed. In this case, we're looking at the righteous ones, those who are followers of Christ. Verse 52, we are going to be changed. How quickly? In a flash. (laughs) In the twinkling of an eye. As long as it takes for your brain to send a signal to your eyelid and your eyelid hasn't responded. (laughs) That's the twinkling of an eye. The last trump, for the trump will sound, and what will happen, the dead shall be raised imperishable. The dead will be raised imperishable. All those in the grave, their bodies will be resurrected imperishable as Christ is risen from the dead. So in a flash. So the trumpet will herald the end of the church age. The trump of God shall sound, verse 53. For this Perishable, this physical body that is going to perish, that gets old and whatever, <laughs> it's, going to, it's going to perish. It must be clothed, it must wrap itself with that which is imperishable. For the mortal will take on immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with imperishable and mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. What is the saying? Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? When Jesus died on the cross, he descended into hell, and he took from Satan the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And he took them. They belonged to him. (laughs) They belonged to God at the beginning, but we know he gave them to Adam. Adam, these are yours. You're supposed to guard them, take care of them. Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's all good. (laughs) And Adam didn't listen. So Satan took those keys, thought he owned this place. He doesn't own this place. Jesus does. He has the keys. Now, there are lots of people who live after the flesh, live after the body, live after the soul, but they don't have the keys. The keys of death, hell, and the grave belong to Jesus. Why? Because he is risen from the dead. Verse 56. The sting of death is sin. The sting of death is sin. Sin has been forgiven. All my sins are forgiven. They're washed away. They're wiped away. And the power of sin is the law. The law came to point out all the things I've done wrong. But you know what? Jesus has come to say, you're forgiven. That, those are legal terms. These are all, these are all legal terms that, that is used here in the scriptures to talk to us about forgiveness and about restoration and the, the forgiveness of sin. But thanks be to God, verse 57, thanks be to God. Why? He is the one who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> he died once and for all, for all sin. verse 58. Therefore, Paul draws this attention. My dear brothers and sisters, those of you in in Corinth, take take this to heart. My, stand firm. Stand firm in your faith and in your understanding that Jesus is risen from the dead. Let nothing move you from that foundation. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. Because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. (laughs) Everything that you do for Christ will last. There is the resurrection of Christ. That Jesus is raised from the dead according to scripture. There is the hope in the resurrection. If Christ be not raised, all of our our preaching is, is foolish. The order of the resurrection, the first fruit is Jesus symbolizing that he is the first of all that will come afterwards, us. The resurrection of the body. You plant plant a seed, you reap a plant. You plant the seed of a body, you reap eternal life, the immortal soul, the immortal person. Where, O death, is your victory? This perishable will be wrapped in that which is eternal. Eternal. I'm gonna look better then. <laughs> we're gonna look. We're gonna have a whole new body. We're gonna have a whole new life. Terry, do you have that? I, want, I, want, I have this um, song that I wanted you to to listen to. It's an old song. So yes, we'll have a new body. We'll have a new life. Amen. I would sing that for you, but you know it would be terrible. So, <laughs> but it's the it's the it's the that's that's what's going on. It's a new hope. It's a hope. It's It's the blessed hope of Christ's return, and we're going to be eternally with him forever. Let's stand. The hope of the resurrection. Now, the word hope is not, remember, it's not, I wish, you know, I hope it doesn't rain. It is, the word hope is a certainty of a certain point of time in the future. We're going to arrive at that point. And it's going to happen, but it is not going to happen until we reach there. That's the word hope in the scripture. It is a certainty of an event that is yet to come. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing our prayers. Thank you, God, for renewing our spirit. And Lord, helping us that our spirit will be directed heavenward. And we are grateful for all that you do and Lord, we just pray for your promises and your spirit to speak with our spirit, to give us strength, to guide our soul and our body, to guide us in the way of truth. Protect us from the evil one. Give us direction in our life to serve you better. And God, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That we have the breath of God in our lungs, and we will speak of your glory. And we will praise you for all that you do and are going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.